Welcome back to You'll Die Trying, a podcast featuring Nathan Morris <laughs> and Jonathan, Dr. Jonathan Carroll. Nathan, welcome back. Hey, buddy. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It really is, Mr. Rogers. You're not wearing your cardigan. You're not either. You know, Nathan is a Hebrew name. Did you know that? I do now. Pronounced probably Natan, although we're not exactly sure about how ancient Hebrew was pronounced, and it's written without any punctuation, so it's confusing. But anyway, Natan. Bartholomew. Can I call you Natan? You can if you want. Can I just abbreviate with just not? <laughs> not. Natan means gift. You, Nathan, are a gift, so your name says. My name is Yonatan. That's right. Yo, the prefix for the word God. God's gift. You are God's gift to earth. You heard it here first, but it is not the last. So I'm merely a gift. I'm like the beanie baby, and you're the new bicycle. I'll take that. You're going to live into your name, Nathan, or you're going to die trying. We're always talking about how we're going to die trying, being better versions of ourselves. Let's be very, very honest right now. We are going to die. We, uh, you and I are constantly around loss, loss of life, uh, loss of relationship, and of course, even loss of property, grief everywhere. And, and when I think of all those things, we have to think of someone or something that's going to protect us and those we love. Someone that I think of is Robert Edge with Kentucky Farm Bureau Insurance. Right here in our community, always ready to serve. He's an agent, he's big on commitment, and he is committed to my family, personally and professionally. If you're thinking of insurance, if you're thinking of home, auto, life, think no other or no further than Robert Edge with Kentucky Farm Bureau Insurance. Call Robert at 270-929-4215. I think that it's important that we respond to our listeners' requests. Do you? I absolutely do. We uh, we both put a lot of emphasis in the uh, the gift that you are as our listeners, uh, and we're thankful. Uh, we can see the data written out very clearly for us online, and we're grateful for the two of you who have listened to all of our episodes. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> And Thanks, uh, actually, no, we're uh, we're actually blown away by the reality that that you are joining us in this. Uh, whether it is because you are doing yard work or um, driving somewhere, or you're just tired of Sirius XM Radio, which is how I got into podcasts originally, because it's the same songs over and over and over again. So I thought, why not do something more productive with my time and engage in something that's, you know, maybe could actually help me. So I got into listening, and now here we are. Or Maybe it's the few of you who have acknowledged that you like to put us on late at night because <laughs> our voices up. are soothing and we put you right to sleep. Whatever it is that brought you here, we're glad you're here. We really are. My friend from forever ago came up to me at a child's birthday party, which by the way, children's birthday parties are the most stressful things ever to have like 32 six-year-olds running and screaming and jumping on bouncy houses. So we're over in the corner, like hiding. And they said, you know, I get tired of 
on Spotify listening to music. I get tired of that in my office. And so mm-hmm. you just uh, been listening to your podcast on Spotify. And I was like, wow, thank you so much for doing so. So wherever it is you're getting your content, please know that we're grateful that you're searching for us, whether it's Stitcher or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or of course, Google Podcasts. We appreciate that. Please, please tell a friend, tell a foe, tell someone you know. Hey, I yes. like that. That was excellent. Yes, that was. So when you reach out to us, either via the Facebook page, You'll Die Trying, or in a comment on Instagram, Die Trying Podcast, or in an email, You'll Die Trying Podcast at gmail.com, or whether you text us personally. Uh, by the way, Nathan's number is area code 270. Uh, we listen to you, and we know that you uh, you took a minute to communicate with us, and we want to make sure that we we respond. So I had someone reach out to me asking if we would consider having a conversation around stress. Bring it. Have you ever felt stress? Yes. My ears get hot, my face gets hot, and it feels like I'm gonna, it's going to pop off. It's important that we know how our bodies feel under stress. I feel like when I'm stressed that I'm getting ready to get on a, a shoddy carnival ride. Do you know the carnivals that come to town and they forget the bolts and you think they're at any given moment going to break to pieces and Absolutely. you're in line listening to them crank and crackle. That's what I feel like when I'm stressed. I love those rides. <laughs> I do too. I think they're incredible. Yeah. So does that mean I like stress? No. You know, that's an interesting point, which okay. I think we should come back around to is to what extent we're we might diving right in. Yeah. Let's just jump right in. But first stress. Uh, so Nathan, what are the kinds of things that stress you? What are things that stress me? I think whenever you don't have a full grasp on the situation at hand, when you kind of feel a little bit like you're, you know, just kind of have to hold on for dear life, kind of like the rapids of life, that stresses me out. Okay. That's a good image. That's a, yeah, that's a good one. Have you been whitewater rafting? I really have. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Does yeah. that make me like stress? <laughs> I think we'll come back around okay, to that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, something that causes me stress is time. And it's kind of ridiculous. Like, I I mean, obviously there are real stressors too in life revolving around time. Like I don't want to keep someone, for instance, waiting in my practice. Like I'm not, I don't want to be one of those people where people are out there waiting for 30 minutes to an hour. And and I think that's okay because that's not okay. That stresses me out. But I'm also with someone and we're trying to get to a comfortable um, pause place. That's, that's difficult. But I get stressed out over time. Like if I know we're going to go see a movie and the movie's going to start at 7.10, and, you know, we could just still very much be at home, you know, at seven or a few minutes after seven. And Joy is not bothered at all. She's like, it'll be fine. We'll get there when we get there. It'll be fine. We'll get there. It'll be perfect timing. And no joke every single time. It's perfect timing. That Meanwhile, I'm like, we should have been gone by now. I'd like to be parked. I'm like, I'm an old man. You are an old man. I'm an old man. That's I, insane. You, you want your butter spend, and popcorn already and sitting in the chair 30 minutes before the, the, the Let's movie. spend the 50 bucks to buy the $50 worth of movie tickets online. Who cares if it's a 100,000% fee you know, to do it? At least we know we have a ticket. As opposed to just going up there and enjoys like if 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 it's full, which by the way it's not gonna be full at Owensboro, but if it is, we'll just see something else or we'll come back home. Oh my god, it's radical. That blows my mind. Where do you, you come? From? Oh yeah, I I totally get stressed out about about time. 
But really, that's about all. Like, I don't mind there, you know, I have the privilege of being able to speak sometimes and, you know, I don't get nervous about that and I don't get stressed out about work, really, um, which I'm very, very grateful for. But I do know that there are people who are living with a lot of stress. And I thought we might take a minute to kind of speak to them today. I'd be glad to. Go ahead. So <laughs> stress can cause some people to, uh, to crumble. But I think most of us have more mental and emotional resources than we're aware. And for those of us who are uh, mentally and emotionally paying attention, which I think can be all of us, we can be strong. And being strong means we can thrive, sometimes despite the tension, sometimes because of it. I agree with the because of it. This is kind of a really dumb uh, example. Which, by the way, I listened to a previous podcast. I just want to let you know, Jay, I really wanted to punch myself in the face because I said, uh, like 72 times in a row. Not like me. And I just said, uh, again. So for the rest of this podcast, if I say, uh, raise your hand, I will stop mid-sentence and you continue. We're in an uh free zone. We are. I had a situation that I just forgot. (laughs) So whether you're dealing with financial setbacks, does that cue the memory? Nope. Health problem? Nope. A workplace difficulty? Got it. We were doing some marketing planning for the next quarter, and I've been working with Crystal, our ad rep, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, and then I had to have it with in a four-hour period, this ad that goes into this big publication. I was stressed to high heaven. And I got it done, and she texted me and said, you work well under stress. Mm. I was like, yeah. So anyway, found it. So your question is, do sometimes people look for stressful situations and thrive in stressful situations? I think that's something we need to come back around to. (laughs) I think so too. Um, So I want to make a case. Yes, Nathan. Nathan has his hand raised. Nathan? You just said, uh. (laughs) You're right. I did. Sorry. I want to make a case for our listeners joining us in an intentional effort to become mentally strong people. Let's talk about seven ways that people who are mentally strong can deal with stress. Number one, I'll say it and then you uh, flesh it out. Number one, we have to accept that stress is a part of life. Fleshing it out, it is. Is it that is. good? I mean, it really is. Well, I think a lot of us waste energy and mental resources thinking things like, oh, why am I having to deal with this? Yeah. There's a big, huge box that delivered at our house on Friday. It was massive. Open the box up. It was in a million pieces. That thing was this outside piece of furniture, which by the way, the little bag with all the screws in it had ripped open. We're talking 200, 300, all just dispersed throughout the bag. Mm. I just sat there and put it together. It did take me three hours, but it wasn't a big deal. But I thought it was a big deal just staring at the box. I mean, it's a part of life. Stress. I mean, the, there that you box go. There itself, you go. that's what I'm saying. I found every piece. It's a part of life. Everything got put together. Everything was fine. The kids enjoyed doing it with me. Memory made. The reality is we are in control of very little of our lives, right? right? Control is an illusion. Change is an 
inevitable reality. So we may as well acknowledge that while we can't control changing circumstances, circumstances will always be changing. So why not take some steps to improve our lives? We can always ask ourselves, okay, here it is. What do we need to do to move forward? This is an inevitable part of life. Yes, it's stressful. What do we need to do to move forward? Just that alone gets us into a mindset where we believe that we are not powerless. Even though we're not in control, that doesn't mean we are powerless. We have power The question is, what are we going to do now? So, first, remind yourself that stress is a part of life. Second, keep your problems in perspective. I mean, it goes back to the box. It's just a box. And the box are pieces. The pieces go together. The pieces make a couch. Could it have ruined your entire day? I mean, I've been pretty pathetic, but I guess it technically could have. Happens all the time. Get a flat tire, trying to get somewhere in a traffic jam, stuck, going to be late for work. These uh, issues with children, you know, coming home from vacation, realize your kids who are, you know, at home alone did something that was absolutely crazy and ridiculous, and now you've got to deal with it. Like, it it creates a, a kind of a crisis. But, you know, crisis, I think it's in the Chinese characters for the word crisis, bears two things danger and opportunity. So while there's difficulty, there's also opportunity. So keeping your problems in perspective means, you know, as a mentally strong person, you recognize something is an inconvenience, but it doesn't have to ruin your day. So crisis averted isn't good. Yeah, you don't want to avert crisis. You want to respond thoughtfully and with maturity to crisis and learn something from it so that it works for you. You don't work for it. Let's see how many more nuggets I get today. That's a nugget. One of my favorite words is catastrophize. And we all have a tendency and temptation to catastrophize minor things like, oh, that's a that's a minor thing that's going to ruin my entire career. Or my child just did something wrong. They're going to end up being a sociopath the rest of their lives. You know, we we have this tendency to catastrophize. One of our best gifts is to remember this is a part of life. Now I need to keep perspective. And back to reframing. We have to reframe the message we give ourselves about the way that stress is going to uh, impact us. So if we're in a crisis, we have to push aside that inner pessimist, that inner critic, that inner monologue that that beats us down, those limiting beliefs and, and sadnesses that we carry with us, and instead push ourselves to thinking through with perspective. What does this mean in the long run? Probably not very much. Resist the temptation to catastrophize. Catastrophize. So keep it in perspective. Number three, take care of your physical health. Crucial. Mentally strong people. Keep their bodies in smooth operating condition. Doesn't mean we have to be Dwayne the Rock Johnson, even though I know I get confused for him all the time. You really do. It's just because you have the beard that I can kind of differentiate. (laughs) I, you remember talking about really getting up early? You were talking about that, like push push yourself to get up earlier and earlier and earlier. I get up in the morning and I do my push ups now and I have my alone time and I get a full cup of coffee in my belly and I am, I, I'm telling you, I'm taking care of myself in the morning, getting going so that whenever I hit the ground running at 8 a.m. at the funeral home, I am able to make clear, concise decisions that aren't necessarily so emotionally driven or whatever. Yeah. Some would argue that, but my point is is that taking care of yourself is absolutely critical. You cannot combat mental stress if you are worn out and running on empty physically. Right. You just can't do it. Right. Exercise, plenty of sleep, plenty of water and a diet that keeps us healthy. 
Right. Not We've just got to take care of our physical not health. Not cheeseburgers all the time. Not all the time. All the, oh, they're so delicious. Amazing. Though. I know. Fourth, we need to choose healthy coping skills. Turning to alcohol is easy, not healthy. Turning to cheeseburgers, easy, not healthy. Or whatever of whatever other unhealthy vices people might turn to to escape stress. Those things aren't good for us. We, as mentally strong people who are becoming stronger still, need to sit with our discomfort. We need to try to be productive while we sit with those uncomfortable emotions like anxiety, fear, and sadness. Sometimes we just have to look at them and square them head on and learn from them and then use our healthy coping skills like going for a walk, calling a family member who tends to have a calming effect, going to see our therapist, writing in a journal, picking up that book that we know always kind of touches us where we are. Whatever healthy skill that we have, we have to turn to that in stressful times and not be afraid to sit with those discomforting emotions, like including especially anxiety, stress. Stress, like anxiety, is value neutral. It feels terrible, we think, but it actually does something good for us. So rather than think of of it as a bad thing, why don't we just think of it as a thing? We don't think of happiness as altogether, uh, we only think of happiness as altogether good. We never think of happiness as not being good. But what about people who are happy because they're trying to mask the fact that they're not, right? So happiness isn't always good and sadness isn't always bad. They just are. We do far better just to sit with it look at it head on, use it, employ it, ask it what it wants to teach us, and try to befriend whatever it is that we're feeling, welcoming that emotion instead of trying to resist and refuse it. Healthy coping skills, number four. Number five, balancing social activity with time alone. That is hard to do. I mean, on our refrigerator right now, in the month of October, November, December, all the holiday months, they always seem to be just filled with invitations, baby showers, weddings, all those things. People like to get married and do those things around the holidays, which it's awesome to be asked to be a part of it. It's awesome to celebrate. No problem there. The problem that I foresee is just like making the decision on what to go to, what to balance. You know, I need to... I need to take my kids and be present for my kids because I've been working for two weeks straight. I mean, those that kind of just happened over the weekend. It's like, what are we going to pick? Where are we going to choose? Where are we going to actually have this alone time to be together? But you, you're not even just talking about alone time as a family. You're actually talking about individual alone time as a person. Right. Okay. And, and that too, um, as a family, but especially individual, because a lot of people will avoid facing tough issues by filling their schedule with time with other people. When do you get alone time? You know? I get alone time typically early in the morning or late at night. At three in the morning whenever you get up? (laughs) No. Yes. I wish I got up at three in the morning. Um, No. Yeah. I have, and I have opportunities, you know, uh, in between uh, seeing clients, I may have a 10 or 15 minute window in between if I've scheduled myself well. Oh, so you're talking about just even driving to and from. Yeah. Small little. Yeah. Even, even little things. I think we do tend to put too much on ourselves by thinking it needs to be a big block of time. Like I'm going to spend three hours by myself thinking about all my problems. Like that's (laughs) not what I mean, but getting some time alone to not avoid facing real issues because socialization sometimes is an avoidance mechanism and other people use withdrawing as an avoidance mechanism. Mm. And I'm acknowledging that it's important to strike kind of, uh, and I'm going to use this word intentionally, to strike a balance where we have healthy socialization and healthy solitude 
uh, reserving time to be alone with our thoughts and reserving time to be with other people too. Life alone, life together, both of which are uh, of crucial importance. I just learned something on that. I was thinking like these big blocks of time have to be set aside for ourselves. It could be a 10 minute drive. When you schedule yourself, it is important that you block time. Time for work, time for family, time for exercise, time for self, and those notice are different. And I think it's important that we share those schedules with people, and especially our families, our spouses, so that they know what's going on in our lives, so that they can help keep us accountable to that, making sure that we're keeping our time, and making sure, too, that other people know what, where our boundaries lie. And then you have people that accidentally schedule you for things on the wrong day, and you show up at hospice for a board orientation, and you're two weeks and... 30 minutes early. <laughs> well, Nathan, what are you doing here? I'm here for orientation. Two weeks and 30 minutes early. You know what they say, early is on time. I on said time I'm staying. <laughs> exactly. I said I'll just stick around. I'll be here. <laughs> That's great. So balancing uh, socialization with solitude. You know, solitude is classified as one of the ancient 12 uh, spiritual disciplines in addition to like worship and prayer and study and uh, celebration and guidance and contemplation and meditation. I did not know that. Solitude, time alone. We had a previous podcast where we talked about the fear of being alone. Being alone. So be not afraid. Be not afraid. Number six, another way for mentally strong people that I can think of to address stress in their lives is to acknowledge our choices. Yeesh. Stress can make <laughs> just got stressed on that. Ooh. Stress can make people feel like victims of difficult circumstances. And if we're going to be strong mentally and emotionally, we have to acknowledge that every single thing we do, from the time we get up to the time we go back to sleep, is a choice. Everything in life is a choice. We have to be willing to say no to things that we don't want to do. We have to be willing to accept responsibility for our behavior and things that we have done. It's a part of being strong. It's not easy, but it's necessary. And just because it's hard doesn't make it, make it bad. That's a good one. We that, have to acknowledge our choices. That doesn't need any banter back on my part. Next, and finally, there are more. And now I'm going to ask you for some more. Oh, maybe good. of course you are. Let's let him look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Mentally strong people, I think, are always looking for the silver lining. There's always truth and even some potential for goodness in the most of stressful of circumstances. I don't mean rose-colored glasses. You have to have a realistic outlook. But I think you can look for the silver lining in difficult times, recognizing that good things can come out of stressful situations. Yes. I think, I, th <laughs> I think we should use use stressful circumstances to become stronger and better. Like, I like again, that. Put those things to work for us. I really like the silver lining. You know, this... I don't like saying things when something is, is brought to your attention or at your feet. Oh, it could be worse, but technically it could be. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I think there's some good that comes of any any situation. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I agree with that one a lot. A lot of perspective here today. How about deep breathing? We've talked about that before once. Super helpful. Also, practicing acceptance. Mm. I don't think that we're very well tuned to accept things that are happening, especially if we don't particularly like them. So our initial reaction might be to resist 
refuse or to even engage in some sort of combat, mental combat, exactly, as opposed to accepting things that we can't change, reflecting on whether we can change it, reflecting on what the nature of that stress is, what is the purpose of the stress, what is it trying to teach me, what does it want me to learn, and is this something that I need to accept, and then practicing acceptance. Mm. Another thing that psychologists say is that we should, uh, and you're not going to like this, but that we should limit caffeine. I think they're all wrong. Every one of them is wrong. Affects our body in ways that increase anxiety and reduce sleep. That's probably why I feel the way I feel. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm coming in hot, you know, I, I just love it. It's Anyway, I think I should have I should have started a, a podcast about just coffee and just explain the different like adjectives to describe the bean and that'd be good. That'd be really terrible. That'd be like one episode, <laughs> and then I would have all these connoisseurs calling me, being like, "You didn't do that right." Oh, yeah, we'd have a lot of messages yeah, in our would. in our comment yeah, description boxes. No, I I, th- I probably can agree with that. I I have stopped drinking coffee. At three o'clock. Hey, you know, you don't owe me anything. I know I don't. I'm just holding I'm, up you're scientific just... thinking. <laughs> but like I said once before, I'm giving this you these will kill you. <laughs> ideas of of ways to to change your life, like getting up earlier and you're like, So what time do you get up? I'm like, Yeah, I don't I don't have a morning routine. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, just, so I, you don't owe me any explanation. That was so surprising to me when you said that. That was so funny. Have you gotten better at that since that podcast at all? No. Oh. Okay. Finally. <laughs> I'd like for all of us to become mentally stronger by developing a challenge mindset. You've heard of growth mindset, Mm -hmm. where we're, you know, in that kind of moment of self-actualization where we're pushing ourselves to become better, stronger, improved. A challenge mindset is one where we will oftentimes, uh, rather than feel threatened by a situation, we'll see a situation as something that is an opportunity for us to overcome Adversity. Have you ever seen the show How I Met Your Mother? No. Barney, is that with Barney Hauser? Yes. Barney Stinson's character. Barney Stinson, as always says, challenge accepted. Always wears a suit and he loves a challenge. Now, I mean, he's a womanizer in the move, in the show, but... So you're not recommending... Not his, recommending that aspect of it, but he always stands and he's always like, challenge accepted. Practice viewing stress as a challenge and have confidence that you can overcome it. Because you know what? You have before. And this is one of the most important things I think that people need to know. Nothing has ever beaten you. Ooh. We who live, we who get up and put our feet on the floor, no matter how depressed or how anxious or how stressed, we have always been the victor. We have always been able to rise above it. We have always won and nothing has ever beaten us. So yeah, stress is never easy, but if you know what it is, you know how it feels in your body and you have some opportunity and some challenge to overcome that stress with wise decisions and healthy practices, you can easily, and I say with confidence, you can easily make choices that limit how stress affects you and you can become the victor in your own life yet again. So in advance, congratulations to you listeners on that. Nugget number two. You are the true champion. That was good. That was so good. Man, we've never, we've been a victor. Mm. Man. Nothing's ever won. Nothing we've had, we've lost it. our battles, but we have never ultimately lost the war. Man, I feel good. I feel like I can go build a house. It's important for people to remember that though, no matter how difficult it has become, they have always thrived. They have always been sustained. They've always risen up like the phoenix. That's really good stuff. 
So be proud of yourself. You are the hero. You are the expert in your own life. You are the one who is teaching yourself how to become better. And all we are doing is looking in a mirror and hoping that by doing so, you're able to see yourself more clearly. Certainly grateful for you, our <laughs> listeners. I thought you were saying you're grateful for me. I'm grateful for our listeners. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you too. I am. That made me feel so good. I really do feel like I could build something. Is I, there I'm a, terrible at building. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm worse than you. So really? Can you, can, you, can you hit and drive a hammer yes, and nail? I can drive a nail with a hammer. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> can you formulate a sentence? Sometimes. <laughs> me too. So are there opportunities that you have right now to overcome a stressful situation by practicing acceptance and uh, by um, looking for the silver lining and by recognizing that this is a gift and not a threat, um, by accepting it, by taking care of yourself physically, and by acknowledging that you have some choices? Yes. I was in a email thread and correspondence with my attorney, the bankers, sellers, attorneys, sellers, and we're all trying to coordinate a close date on a latest acquisition and trying to get everybody that are in our profession in general, funeral directors on the same page is very difficult. Same goes for attorneys and same goes for bankers. Mm -hmm. It was a disaster. However, it got squared away. Disaster meaning, you know, I can get together on this time at this location on this day and everyone's like, well, I'm out of town. I, I guess this time of year, everybody goes travels. I don't know. Anyway, we're yeah. good. But my point is that was like a two-day process. And I was actually getting pretty stressed about it. Now I'm just sitting here because we have a date, location, time, and we're squared. It was fine. It just took me personally like sending three emails and sifting through the 30 others that came through with it. Yeah. Did that even make sense? I don't think email is, is a really um, stress-reducing <laughs> instrument, do you? No, not at all. Not and, at all. And texts far worse. Texts are terrible. Texts yeah. are terrible. You hit the nail on the head a few episodes ago when you were talking about that this culture is like an immediate, if I send you a text, mm -hmm. I know for a fact that you better respond because I just got the notification that you read it, which by the way, I turned that off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I turned mm -hmm. that off. Absolutely. And you and I have a really good relationship in regards to if I know I'm sending you a text and it's actually helped with every other relationship. If I send you a text, it doesn't warrant an immediate response. It doesn't mean that you don't love me or care about me or, or, or there's nothing that... What I'm, it's it's not necessarily not urgent to you. However, you have other things that are more important that need to take precedence, and that's okay. Nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, I've learned, um, and these conversations have helped. But you know, during the weekend, I really do like to put my phone away. Yeah, uh, you were you ghosted out on me this weekend. Totally offended. Not at all. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I wasn't. But I, yeah, you were gone. Yeah. You disappeared. Yeah, I did. We were uh, we doing a lot of work outside. Joey and I were and. Uh, Working our rear ends off, to be honest, man, she's a hard worker. That's the first thing I said when I got up this morning. You are a hard worker. <laughs> As you rolled onto the floor because you're so sore. <laughs> Literally, I cannot get up. My back's killing That's me. So funny. My arm, even my fingers from lifting, you know, heavy like stones and things. And, um, yeah, she's fine. She's like, yep, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> she's amazing. She is pretty awesome. It's great. Speaking of fingers, my little three-year-old put his hand in my face and he started twiddling his fingers back and forth and he goes, phalanges. Ooh. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that was called phalanges. You didn't know? You knew. I, yeah. You knew. No, yeah. Maybe. But that's, that's impressive. Pretty awesome. Femur. Yeah. Tibia. How does a three-year-old know that stuff? Thanks, MMA. Where, is that what that's yes. from? Yes. 
MMA, watching mixed martial arts. Yes, MMA, Joe Rogan. Yes, femurs right, break their femurs and their fingers. And tibulas, Correct. Tarsals and metatarsals. No, it's the MMA, Maximilian Montessori Academy. He's, oh. They're they're thriving there. Miss Triplett, their I teachers really, did really well. I literally thought you were talking about mixed martial arts. <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm I not them, kidding. I make them listen to the Joe Rogan like, MMA podcast. They know about bones because of what's yeah, breaking on I the I make mat. them watch the pay-per-view matches. Wow. This is real life, boys. This is it. That's pretty impressive. So yeah, so the school school's teaching them. That's good. So they're learning about the internal framework of their body. Do you know how many bones there are in the human body? 213? 206. That's what I said, 206. Yeah, uh, 270 at birth. It's really bad that I had to learn all this for my... For, f- for your funerary work. Yes. One of my favorite adjectives, the adjectival <sighs> Sorry, form of funeral is funerary. Funerary. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, can you believe 206 bones? Do you remember any of them? Skull. That's a good one. Yep. Cranium. But yeah, it's, it's, I think it's good enough. Look at this. You ready? I bet I can remember all of them. If you pull something up on Google, that doesn't count. I'm not Googling anything. That is a true statement. Uh, <laughs> uh, ilium, pubis. The ilium Look at is this. that top part of the hip they call the iliac Did crest. I say ilium? I did say ilium, didn't I? You did, yeah. Look, look at this. This is something that a teacher gives. This is something that I saved because I wanted to show my, my boys this. this. I'm showing a picture of the oh. skeleton, and the bones are made up of the name of the bone. So Very the, cool. Yeah. So We will we will post this I uh, think on that'd our be good. Facebook page. Yeah. Go to face, Facebook and Facebook. check it out. Um, yeah, so your work in the funeral profession has brought you with intimate familiarity with Correct. the human body. Yep. And would you say that you are uh, appreciative of the the miracle that is the human body? Incredibly appreciative. It's amazing that every one of us, though, you know, the body as as one, you just we're all so different. In other words, you know, we're so different. Every loved one that comes into our care that we care for in their body, it's just such a different setup and it's a beautiful thing it has been said that around the times of weddings and funerals is when we see family dynamics at their either finest or at their worst my brother just got married so hopefully <laughs> how'd that go it went really good there everybody had a great time dance okay. so i guess that means our dynamic is good well in in all these years of working with families around funeral preparation arrangements and services i'm i'm guessing that you've seen some of the best of the human spirit and you've seen some of the most challenging of personalities yeah uh, yes what would you say on average on average is the degree to which most people are able to handle stress scale of 1 to 10 10 being they're incredible at it one being it's like horrifying on average, the families that you get to serve, how do they do with the stress of having lost a loved one and having to come into the funeral home and make arrangements? I think overall they do a really good job. And I would either, uh, I'm, I am thinking six or seven. Yeah. So they do a pretty good job. That's impressive. I don't really. On an average, that means you've got a lot of tens and you've got very few, less than There's been very few occasions where it's just been overwhelming. I think a lot of it has to do with the incredible staff that we have, directors who are directing and holding the hands of the loved ones that we care for. I think there's something to be said about that. So that brings an interesting concept. Remember when we were talking a minute ago about socialization and solitude and kind of striking that balance? What do we do when we are in a stressful situation and the people with whom we are socializing, the people with whom we are spending time 
don't mitigate that stress, but accentuate it and cause it to increase, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really important that we know by whom we should be surrounded in stressful times. Mm-hmm. Because if we surround ourselves with people who are stressful people, they will sniff out our anxiety and consciously or not will act to upend us and our stress levels go up even more. So choose your friends and choose them wisely. Touche. Now I want to come back to something that I promised three times we would come back around to. And that is, <laughs> oh, yeah. do people tend to search out stressful things for the sake of the feeling that stress can sometimes bring. They do. There's this gentleman that I know who says he's awaken, awoken, awakened. Help uh, yeah. me. Yes, awakened. <laughs> okay. uh, in our in our current context, people <laughs> use the word woke. He woke, sorry. But technically, yeah, awakened. Around three or four in the morning, sometimes with stress. And he says he loves it because mm. he gets things done. And yeah. I say, ugh. Yeah. And and this is someone who's suffered multiple heart attacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's probably a connection there. I, probably there's definitely a connection there. You know, uh we have uh, a a friend who does landscaping and and I love to listen to this man talk about uh plants, which he calls plant material and trees. Uh we we moved Joy and I moved a couple of dogwoods from one place to another in in our at our home. And as a result, we had to pay a particular kind of attention to those dogwoods because it was very hot already in the summer, which is not a great time to move them, but we had to. And so the trees were already, in the words of the landscaper, stressed. And so they were planted in their new location and they were already under stress. So we had to make sure that we kind of overwatered them. So we had to go out there, you know, multiple times a day to make sure that they had lots of water. And you could see the leaves and how the leaves told us that the tree was responding to the treatment it was getting. And and just to listen to that language about the, the plants being stressed, right? So uh, everything that lives experiences stress, whether it's a tree or a person. And it's it's it means that we have to be aware, like look for the signs. What are the leaves doing, right? What is the dirt around the base of the tree doing? What are the people around me? doing? Are are they good for me or are they making a situation that's bad worse? And do I need to kind of remove myself? I also do think that people have a tendency to, to, um, draw toward drama in a kind of magnetic way. I don't think that's good for us. I always say that if you want drama that bad, go buy a ticket to a play. I'm serious. And that's not even to be funny. It's right. Sounds stupid, but maybe, but I don't want it. People tend to thrive, some people tend to thrive on drama and on the stress that that drama creates. And I want to make sure that we know that that's uh, that's not a good thing for us. So a special word of thank you to you who are listening, a special word of hope to you who have experienced some stress recently. You are not alone. And remember that we are spending our time, Nathan and I, looking in the mirror to help you see yourself more clearly. Give yourself what you need And just know that we'll be thinking about you. Yes, we will. Guys, gals, thank you very much for listening. You're loved far more than you'll ever know. I'm Nathan. I'm Jonathan, and this is You'll Die Trying. See you next time.